After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. Thank you, Evan. How does a person in their 20s start and run a successful business, and how do they achieve record-breaking sales with no money spent on traditional advertising? Today's guest is a 29-year-old entrepreneur that started in technology startups and now runs a chain of franchises. In 1998, he co-founded e808.com, a pioneering Hawaii web retailer. Then he co-founded a web design and software startup called Parallel 21, which has designed sites for Victoria Ward Limited, Kahala Sportswear, and software for Maui County. His most recent venture is called the Great Harvest Bread Company Hawaii, with the first location in Kahala. Great Harvest just opened their second location in downtown Honolulu and is in the process of opening three more in the next year. Our guest has put together amazing community programs that allows the business to achieve record sales with zero dollars spent on advertising. Let's welcome a young Hawaii success story, Adam Wong. Welcome to Greater Good Radio. Thanks for having me. So your first location has been open for how long in Hawaii? Uh, we opened in November of 2003. So a little less than two years now. Okay, great. And then you just recently opened your second location downtown? We opened uh, May 20th of this year, yeah. Okay, and I heard that your downtown location was the most successful opening in history of the Great Harvest Bread Company? We did. It was the largest opening day ever and then uh, largest opening month ever for the month of June. We just closed the books. And so we were the uh, largest, I guess, opening of a single store in the history of the franchise. That's great. Did you expect that? Not at all. You know, you have your projections that you hope to meet, and we blew past them. And, you know, so it's going to be a struggle to just maintain that. But, you know, we didn't expect that at all. Did the downtown sales opening totally blow out Kahala's opening? Yeah. Because of the, the product mixed uh, downtown, we do offer sandwiches and coffee, which we don't offer at the Kahala location. So that adds to the uh, the top line. So the Great Harvest Bread Company is a franchise. Yep, it's a franchise based out of Dillon, Montana, population 3,000. And how many franchises are there nationwide? I believe now there's somewhere, it's always in fluctuations, you know, some openings and closings, and it's about 230 across the country, mainly in the uh, northwest, Rocky Mountain states, and uh, the Midwest. It's a 30-year-old franchise, correct? I think it's something like 70, yeah, 1970, 70-something 70 yeah. on the website. So if it comes from Montana, what were you doing in Montana? Actually, I didn't spend any time in Montana. A good friend of mine played uh, football for the University of Montana, and he went to college there for four years. His family went out to live with him uh, for a year while he was in school. They were the ones that actually brought the franchise to my attention. I actually had been to a franchise in Los Angeles when I went to college. I un unknowingly you know, went to Great Harvest and you know, got bread there, but I didn't even realize it and put the two and two together until I kind of 
looked into the franchise they told me that they loved in Montana, which was Great Harvest. So they were the ones that initially brought it to my attention. Do you own all of the franchises in Hawaii, or can somebody else also open a franchise? So I own the, the rights for Oahu, and then I'm currently in negotiations. I have the first right of refusal for the rest of the state. So if somebody were to apply, I get a chance to bounce them. But I'm currently, because we've done so well, I approach the franchise of just buying an area development agreement for the state as well as for Japan. So we're in negotiations right now to work that out. And is this a cookie cutter type of franchise or do you have the flexibility to do what you want? It is pretty much an opposite of a cookie cutter franchise. And that's one of the things that, that led me to this franchise in particular is because they want us to be a neighborhood store, a neighborhood bakery. Even if you go into the Kahala and to the downtown store, they're going to be very different. You know, in the way they look, the menu, items, a lot of the things remain the same. We have some customer service principles and recipes that remain the same, but they want us to kind of fit in to our neighborhood and not even appear as if we're a franchise. And so that is one of the things that actually brought me to the franchise because I didn't want to do that cookie cutter type that you see in every city across the world. I've been to your bakery several times now and it seems that the bread changes daily. Do you create your own types of breads or do they give you folks recipes specifically to follow? They do give us recipes. Being that I am not a baker by trade nor am I ever gone to culinary school or anything like that, you know, they provide the recipes we choose which recipes we want to produce here in Hawaii. So a lot of the if you go, for instance, to the Northwest, they do a lot more whole grain bread than we'll do here in Hawaii, and that's just the marketplace. So we have the freedom to make those choices, but they do provide us the recipes to choose from. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Audi sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. GreaterGoodRadio.com You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at GreaterGoodRadio.com. Today's guest is Adam Wong, the founder of Great Harvest Bread Company Hawaii. In the next year, they will expand to five locations and create record-breaking sales with no money spent in traditional advertising. Adam is here today to share with us how he does it. And, and isn't it the ingredients are just much higher quality and much fresher because... Our engineer over here is eating that scone that you gave to him. I swear he's making me super hungry. <laughs> uh, what we try to do, and if it, if it's interesting, if you go to the supermarket and you mm -hmm. pick up a loaf of bread and you look at the ingredients, there's probably about 20 different ingredients, half of which, half of them which you can't even pronounce. 
what we try to do is try to do bread the old-fashioned way before we even had those chemicals and ingredients to put in breads, those preservatives. And so we actually just use all natural ingredients and try to keep it as simple as possible. And oftentimes it's funny, but it works out where it tastes better and it lasts longer when you do it that way. So, you know, in our basic breads, we just have five ingredients. That's the flour, which we actually mill ourselves in our own facility. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's fresh flour. We use water, salt, honey, and yeast. Okay, and so are your ingredients flown in from the mainland? Just the wheat. That's the only thing. There's uh, the Golden Triangle in Montana is known as the best hard red spring wheat producing region in the whole world. And so we actually have a representative from our franchise that spends six months out of the year with the wheat crop and uh, going around from farm to farm, taking samples from each wheat crop, doing testing on it to ensure that uh, it has certain protein and water content that we're looking for. They actually, once, once they find a bush or a batch of wheat from a certain farm that meets our criteria, they'll actually purchase the whole lot or a certain you know amount of bags of wheat. That's the only thing that we're, we have to buy and we have to bring in because we want to use the best wheat in the world to produce our bread. Some people huh. watch their carb intake. Is whole wheat good, although you're watching your carb intake? Whole wheat is Good in general. I mean, the the whole grains movement, which is going to be the next, which is actually the movements here. Low carb is definitely dying out. And if you look at any of the the large consumer goods companies out there, they're all now pushing whole grains because for years and years it's been proven that whole grains has so many health benefits. Not only you know does it provide the fiber that you need, but there are actually studies now that are that are linking whole grains, you know, cancer prevention, heart disease prevention. A lot of times we have to say, okay low carb I mean, we're not going to eat carbs but we need our get our whole grains as well mm-hmm. it's definitely you want you want, you need carbohydrates it's proven doctors will tell you over and over again you need carbohydrates you want complex carbohydrates which is the brown rices the brown breads um, versus and those are going to pro- provide you with other nutrients and you know things that your body needs rather than just your white loaf of bread so if the only thing that you have to buy from the national franchise is the wheat mm-hmm. can you use locally grown uh you know, produce and, and ingredients? Yep, we we can. We actually get our honey from Kauai. They have okay. a, uh, a lot of the other stuff. We get our we try to buy our eggs locally. Um, a lot of the other stuff is stuff that's really not produced. We buy from a local distributor, so mm-hmm. we support that. But we don't use too much uh, produce, I guess. And a lot of the things that we do use... That like fruits be, and vegetables or yeah, something. Yeah, the fruit, I mean. like, I don't think there's any blueberry farms <laughs> on, o- on Oahu that I've seen lately or, or things like that. So we don't... You know, we try as best we can when the opportunity presents itself. I actually met the guy from uh, Mana'o. The, the Ma'o one, right? Ma'o Farms. Mauna Kea. Yeah. Gary Mauna Kea. Yes, Gary. I met him the other day, and I first question I asked him was, can you grow wheat for me out there? But he said that wouldn't work. But what about, you know, maybe fruits or so? You know, maybe you could have, um, you know, Hawaiian-type fruits and then add that into a scone or something and then... Which is something know, we're definitely, you know, looking... In fact, I just had this conversation with my wife the other day, and I'd love to be able to create a situation you know i met gary and ed from the restaurant town who has a relationship where they only where, where they only that's uh, at the envision conference right yeah where yeah. they only serve locally produced you know uh produce and and, and ingredients and mm-hmm. so i would love to be able to support local farmers and, and and support people that way here locally some of the ingredients that we currently use for our current recipes don't call for local you know stuff that's not grown here so it's kind of hard that way but you know in the future, I'm definitely looking at changing my menu and, and trying to add a local flavor to it to kind of support those guys, yeah.
Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek Work with Monsters so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com. We're back with Adam Wong, the founder of Great Harvest Bread Company, Hawaii. So all of your products that you sell have whole wheat or whole grain in them? No, not all of them. Uh, we do have, you know, we've actually come to find out the Hawaii market is not a mu- as much of a whole grain market. So we've had to adjust, and that's one of the things this franchise allows you to do is adjust to your marketplace. People in Hawaii, they love their sweets. As long as it tastes like candy. And they love their, <laughs> they love their you know, savory breads. So, you know, we sell a lot of pizza bread, mm-hmm. you know, with pepperonis and tomatoes and onions and uh, mozzarella cheese. We bought one today. Yeah. Got you know, I tried that pizza bread for the first time before we got here, and it was by far the best pizza bread I've ever had. The ingredients are mixed in. When you bite into it, the cheese is warm and it melts in your mouth along with the pepperoni. You know, the other typical pizza bread. Michael's breads, drooling. <laughs> the, other, the other typical pizza breads just have the ingredients sitting on the top so you just eat the top layer and then mm. that whole bottom of bread is thrown away but your pizza bread is so unique being that the ingredients are mixed in and every bite you get a little spicy pepperoni as well as a nice melted cheese you can be on our you want to be on our commercial we we'll make some commercials <laughs> but look soon. at their sample the sample is like a, you could take two samples and sneak out and go make a sandwich right and that's not that I would ever do that. That's but. why we bought the pizza bread today because she asked me if I wanted to try the pizza bread. She said that was her favorite. I said, okay, I'll try it. And I asked her for a piece. She cut me this huge, almost two inches by four inch piece. And I said, oh my goodness. Yeah, she ate half and put the rest in her bag. <laughs> no. It's funny. Every day we have people that come in and don't buy a thing and they just come in for the free slice. But that's part of our, <laughs> that's part of our mission statement. I mean, you know, our mission statement is to... You know, be loose and have fun, and that's kind of far more for the workers and for the people that come in. Um, it's big, phenomenal bread. It's give generously to others, and it's run fast to help customers. So that the give generously to others, that kind of pervades all aspects of our business, including the breadboard, which is kind of the heart and soul of our business. The breadboard is where we give away our our free slices every day, and people always think, oh, you know, Hawaii is kind of, oh no, it's okay. I don't want anything free, and everybody's mm-hmm. going to be kind of shy, but. You know, that's part of our business. We tell them everybody that comes in gets a free slice. So you might as well. I tell you what, Hawaii likes free stuff because when we used to do those product shows at the Blaisdell, man, the line would be for the samples. That's where the line is at. But so if you're talking about free stuff that you're giving away, why don't we go into the community aspect of this and how your community and your investment in in the community has paid off into your business? You give away free bread samples, and then what about the fundraising? So we, and it's something that uh, 
one of the other franchisees um, came up with, and it's helped his business tremendously. And so I kind of took it from him and, and put my own spin on it. But what we did from the beginning was set a budget of what we'd like to give back to the community mm-hmm. every month. And as a percentage of sales. We, we set it as a percentage of a 6% gross sales. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd like to be able to just give that back in product donation every month. And that's a lot considering that, you know, now your second location is the top in the nation. Yeah. So you it, have two locations. That is a substantial so amount. So now of we're not meet, I'm not meeting that goal, you mm-hmm. know, which which it means I need to go out there and let people know that that is what we're trying to do so that they they can come. What do they need to qualify f- to be given this free um, fundraising bread? They just need to be a non-profit organization. They have to have 501c3 or could no, it be like a no. soccer team or something? Soccer teams. Anybody that just is not out to resell it and make money. Okay. Or to give it away as a promotional event to make money at any point. Could you, you know? explain that a little bit more? So they just call you and they say they're trying to do a fundraising. Yeah, we actually have. It's all set up. We've we've done it so much that we kind of put a system in it into place where mm-hmm. we have a donation request form. The only thing that we ask is that and it's kind of you know selfish on our part, but is that we want you to come into the store mm-hmm. to get the donation request form. Um, and I don't think that's too much to ask. I mean, I don't think so either. Well, a lot of people ask for it to store. get faxed, you know. And sometimes we're like we'd like we'd like you to come in and and fill it out, you know. <laughs> like you want free bread, just get off your butt and get in the store. <laughs> Plus, when you come in, you get a free slice anyway. Yeah, you know? exactly. Then you're full. Uh, but you fill out the form. Put you know you just put all your per- the pertinent info on it. The event. And then turn it in, and then within a you know within a week we'll fax it back to you, sending telling you when to come and pick up your bread, and or cookies or scones or can whatever. Can you maybe. choose what you want, or do you just provide with um, the product? No, we prov- you just tell us about the event, and then you can request certain things. Um, but for the most part, we'll you know we'll choose what I guess what fits your event best. You know, a lot of times if it's for you know we had, we did the. Um, Great Aloha run, and uh, must spend a lot of bread, like fifteen thousand cookies, you know. But fifteen thousand cookies you gave away. Well, what happened was, we like baked five thousand, and it took us like three days, and we only had like three days left. Uh huh. And so I had to, I called up uh, Carol Kai and said, you know, mm-hmm. Carol, we just, I just, I'm sorry, I can't produce that many. So I gave a free cookie coupon to, uh-huh. for the next ten thousand, you know. But uh, we we did some other sub- what is the retail value on something like that? Fifteen thousand cookies. It's a dollar a cookie, so a dollar twenty-five a cookie. So you're talking, you know, upwards of fifteen thousand dollars. Well, your charity's getting up there, man. <laughs> that month we met uh, our we met our budget. That gosh, month. that's for sure. Fifteen thousand so, cookies. Being that your products don't have any preservatives into them, how long do these products last on your counter or in your bread chest? Uh, our breads actually last. I've had breads last two weeks. 14 days sitting on the counter sitting on the counter but we say 7 to 10 days if my mom's if it was my mom's house it would be like 3 weeks every and everybody says even in Hawaii even with the humidity and for and actually to be honest I don't even know the answer to how it happens but it's something to do with the freshly milled flour and our recipes the way that we do our recipes to mm. make it last so long without molding so the breads and the cookies can last the cookies as well oh uh, no the cookies if you don't eat them in a couple of days, you know, then you know they're not going to be as good. Do you really but. think the cookies are going to last like a couple of weeks, especially if you have kids? Well, that thing is house. gone in like a day, you know. Oh, I would eat it before. The, the thing is, a lot of store-bought bread has a lot of air in it. That's why it's so light. Uh-huh. If you pick up a loaf of 
the bread at the same size as the loaf of our bread. There, there's that's 24 ounces. Ours is like 37 ounces. So what happens is air is what when air gets into the bread, it oxidizes, and that's what kind of causes it to mold, mm-hmm. and all the reactions take place. We take out most of the most of the air in our bread. That's why it's real dense and heavy bread. Mm-hmm. Was it similar to bagels? You know, bagels are very dense. And I saw once on television that one bagel is equivalent to five slices of bread. It's similar, but uh, it's not as chewy. I guess I'm, when I think of bagels, I think like chewy. But it's it's you know it's still light and, and fluffy like a bread. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Staying cool on Hawaiian time. Neptune nights, sunshine in your mouth. Neptune For bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party or business, contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948-2622 or online at bubbletea.com. Neptune nights, sunshine in your mouth. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. GreaterGoodRadio.com You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at GreaterGoodRadio.com. Today's guest is Adam Wong, the founder of Great Harvest Bread Company Hawaii. In the next year, they will expand to five locations and create record-breaking sales with no money spent in traditional advertising. I want to get back to the fundraising portion of that. What, you know, 15,000 cookies has, is the largest that you've given away to one organization then. What's the second largest amount? A lot of times when we do slicing events, like we'll go and set up a, a, a tent at a race or at a... So you provide labor too? Yeah, we provide the labor. Uh, we provide the product. We set up our own tent and we set up our own tables and we bring down, we bake the bread and we bring it down. And, you know, people are finishing a race and we'll give them a slice of bread or a cookie or a race roll. And we've done that, you know, multiple times. And so those mm-hmm. things will actually, if you had to... You know, those are like $500,000, and we do, we do a but lot of those. Plus the labor. I mean, talking labor and organization. I'm, I mean, if you're looking at me now, I'm holding my head because I'm trying to comprehend this, you know, giving away all this free stuff and, and how it can actually benefit you in, in your well, business. I, I look at it this way. A, a lot of the um, the franchises allot a certain percentage of their gross sales to, to pure advertising dollars, mm-hmm. radio television, print media. So I look at it as, as that I've spent $0 advertising, traditional advertising dollars. So, and to me, huh. if you get out in the community and give away product and are not just giving it away, but are actually part of the event where you have your people there explaining 
why your bread is so good like I'm doing today. You know, I could just drop off bread and have other people hand it out. And then some people will come up and ask the questions about where's, you, where's the bread from or why is it so good. And the, the organizers of the race are not going to have any idea. You mm-hmm. know, so if I have my own workers there to actually answer the questions and tell them where we are and why what's in the bread and why it's so good, it just makes so much better use of the time that we're at that event and all the bread that we're giving away. You know, so, and I look at that, that that's my advertising. And in fact, that, I think if you talk to anybody, mm-hmm. word of mouth advertising is the best advertising that you can get without a doubt. And I know we're sitting in a radio station and they don't want to hear that, but it is by far the best advertising that you can do. So we say bread and mouth is better than, than purchasing advertising at any point in time. And so that's what we try to create with our, you know, our donations and our being at events and being, you know, at fundraisers and things like that. What about the other program that you're running where they can suggest a nonprofit organization and then um, they come in and bake for a day? That is, we're doing that for the first time. Actually, the voting just ended in July. So we had in June, people nominated uh, their nonprofit organizations, their favorite nonprofits. Is that something you came up with yourself or Uh, nationwide? It's not nationwide. And that's another thing about this franchise is that a certain franchisee has done it. Okay. And, uh, so no one's required to do it, and not everybody does it. There's maybe it takes a lot to run the promotion, so not too many people do it. But you know, maybe twenty. You found out about it on the internet, or yeah, we have an we have an internet site that all the franchisees get together and share ideas and and bounce stuff off each other. And so that's I found this idea there and talked to the person how to execute it the best. And so people come in, nominate their their favorite nonprofits. We kind of narrow it down to three. Um, then we have through the month of July, people voted on the. Three. What's the criteria? Again, for that? just any nonprofit organization. But then, what's your criteria to choose who's the winner? The the criteria for me was, you know, we try to find an organization that is not always. Some of the larger uh, nonprofit organizations have tons of funding from a lot mm-hmm. of people, so we needed to find a balance of of kind of smaller nonprofits that maybe have a little harder time fundraising but also have the volunteer and manpower to be able to actually run our shop for a day. Mm-hmm. So that's what kind of, I mean, and then we wanted, you know, the sometimes it's just my wife really likes dogs, and so she picked the Hawaii Dog Foundation, I have to admit. So how many, I mean, how many volunteers would it take to run We for asked the day? them for about 12 to 15 okay. volunteers. And uh, so what's going to happen is that we actually, I have to count up the, ta- we have to tally it up, but people voted for the month of July for, it was mm-hmm. between uh, MAD, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, they have a Hawaii Youth Action portion of it, a smaller subsidiary, I guess, of it. It was Hawaii Dog Foundation and the Friends of the Library Hawaii. And uh, we got to tally up the votes. The winner in September comes in. We'll train them for, you know, a couple days here and there. They'll run our whole Kahala Bakery on a, on Sunday, and they'll keep 100% of the proceeds. Minus some of the, um, you know, they're gonna do, there's going to be some promotional costs on, on to get people there and things like that and so and some flyers for them to hand out and stuff like that. But so who covers that cost? So that'll come from the proceeds. Okay. But everything else, you know, it's not they're not keeping the profit. They're keeping the hundred percent of the proceeds that day. So we expect that to be you know five six thousand dollars. You know, which is pretty good for a small. What do you mean, what do you mean? total of the entire revenue? Hundred percent of the revenue they keep. So we're donating the you know labor and ingredient costs and everything. How much would it bring in on a day? I mean, what what are you estimating on that? 
usually if if the organization has a good uh, marketing team within the organization and it, it does its promotions and gets all the you know radio stations involved and the mm-hmm. news media get involved we're, we should do you know about five six thousand dollars that day that's our hope you know okay so if we got now we have free bread giving away you have Nonprofit organizations come in and running it for a day. Are you planning on doing that maybe once a quarter or? No, we'll do that once a year. Oh, once a year. Once a year, yeah. It's probably pretty. Um, I mean, time-consuming, huh? It's you know, it's a long promotion to run. I mean, just because it takes you know a few months and then to organize it and to get people in there trained to run the bakery, and so you know, it's a pretty significant amount of time that we put in. So it, we'll do it once a year and a baker of the baker for a day. It's called. Mm-hmm. And so they're actually making the bread or the cookies. Yep. They will actually, I mean, side by side with, you know, our workers and us, Mm -hmm. you know. How about that third thing that we were talking about where you're allowing your managers to buy you out after a certain amount of time? Yeah. You know, it's when, when I looked at the franchise and, and again, we talked about the mission statement, I just kind of really identified with that. And so when we talk about giving generously to others, I talk about it as not just my customers, but also my employees my, it's going to be my partners, you know. So when I looked at how I was going to expand the Hawaii marketplace, um, I really wanted to keep that neighborhood feel to each store. And the best way to do that is to get somebody from the neighborhood to run the store. And I think obviously the recipes and the product is going to be great, but I think when I opened the store in Kahala, you know, I was from the East Honolulu area. And so it's hard to quantify the benefits of, of having been a kid from local the, knowledge, right? A kid from the neighborhood mm-hmm. starting a business in the neighborhood doesn't happen too much in this day and age. You know what I mean? But you can't, like I was talking about the word of mouth. When I got parents coming in of friends of mine that I played basketball with, you know what I mean? They come in just to see me because they heard that I opened a store over there mm-hmm. and then they tell 10 of their friends and they, you know what I mean? Then the, the word just spreads. And so I really wanted to do that. And make sure that when we opened other stores in different neighborhoods, I wanted to have owner-operator partners in them. And so the third store that we're opening is a friend of mine who's from that area, the IA Pro City area. He's going to be opening the store, you know, running it as his own store. He'll be the face of the store. He'll be the ones talking to all the grandmas that come in. And they'll love him, you know, they'll because you know, they come they'll in. They'll shake the hands, kiss the babies. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And then in five years, you know, I don't. Part of being in small businesses oftentimes is that there's often not an exit strategy. Mm-hmm. And what I wanted to do is kind of build in my exit strategy for the bakeries that I, at a, that I open. And so what will happen is that in five years, he'll per, he'll buy me out from my controlling interests and he'll just have- You have that set amount up front or- We, we predetermined later. the formula. Oh, okay. So we've created a formula based upon revenues and earnings and, and some other things and- We'll just apply that. Is that common comes. for the franchise or not really? The ones that have opened with multiple owners, that is kind of common. They don't want general manager run stores mm-hmm. in general. So, you know, they actually encourage that, that type of ownership structure and that kind of buyout structure. It's almost like an incubator then. Almost like a franchise incubator and then you, or a mentorship program. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a for instance, I'll be a consultant. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my role for him, his opening, which... Because it's a longtime friend of mine, it'll be more than a consulting. I'll be there, you know, mm-hmm. making sure that it's going to open well. But uh, it, it is, you know, it's kind of a neat feeling to be able to bring in somebody in, into business who has always wanted to be his own boss and, and has certain characteristics that would make him a great, you know, businessman, I think. 
kind of bring them in, get them started, you know, teach them, teach them what I know running this great harvest franchise and then have him be, you know, successful and seeing him, you know, do well. That's, that's going to be, I already know that's going to be like even a better feeling for me than opening my own store, I think. Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio Hawaii.